Good afternoon, everyone. I hope you're having a good Sunday. This is the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. Uh, I'm your host, Will Brost, calling in from St. Louis. And as always, co-hosting and posting up in Nashville is Patrick Anderson. How's it going? You got some rhymes today. Yeah, I, I got some. I got some pretty nice bars. Uh, after the uh, Drake project, I figured the world needs actual good bars, so I, I made sure to make that my responsibility. Um, speaking of though, that blog's on the way. Uh, after this podcast, our next thing we're working on is a blog review of "More Life" by Drake. Should be a mm-hmm. should be a good one. Uh, we both gave views a three out of ten last time, so hopefully he he does better this time around. But you know, we'll see. So. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll 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 see. Uh, you know, we haven't we listened to it together, but we haven't talked much about it. So, you know, it could be a ten for all I know. But it could be a zero. It could it could be a flat. It could be literally anywhere within that range too. It, it could. Yeah, we have no idea. Um, but on this podcast, this is a fun idea that you came up with that I think is going to be awesome. Uh, oh, thank you, thank you. Thank yeah, no, no, this is a great, no, when you when you pitch this to me, I'm like, oh my God, this is a great idea. So we're like a business. We're in the business of giving you all good music recommendations. Uh, and like any business, we do quarterly reports. So this podcast is the 2017 quarter one report, the Q1. Uh, and basically the purpose of this is just to summarize uh, the year in music so far like the first quarter of music uh from january to march uh and i'll briefly kind of go over the way our segments are going to work here uh there are four big name notable albums that we're going to mostly talk about together we're going to go relatively in depth but not to the extent of a normal podcast then after that each of us has four individual recommendations just sort of a hey you guys should check out this album for this reason Uh, And after our individual recommendations, we'll briefly summarize Q1 as a whole and then share our anticipations for Q2. Um, So we've got. Just like a business. Just like a business, exactly. We have. Got to break down what happened, the good, the bad. And move forward from there. Exactly. We're we're <laughs> <laughs> we know business. We yeah, we're big we're big business guys. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we have an agenda. We have a schedule. This is one of our most structured podcasts. But knowing us, we'll probably lose structure five minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's at least get started because we have a lot to get to. Uh, so these four. Uh, that we're discussing now, we've already discussed that these will be the albums, right? Like we already shared with each other which albums these are going to be. But as far as yeah. our individual recommendations, <laughs> I have no idea what you picked, and you have no idea what I picked. They could be yep. the same for all I know. <laughs> they could. They, they're probably if all four of them are the same. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> all right. So the first one that we agreed to talk about was an album that. We were supposed to blog, but we never actually got around to it because time, you know, didn't it. We were going to blog it a month after the release, and we thought that would be kind of dumb. So, Sampha, R&B singer, released his debut album, Process, to much acclaim. Uh, it was actually my album of the year for, like, a very brief few days, uh, but it's shrunk a little bit on me since then. Uh, what did you think? 
Yeah, so the reason we didn't do a blog on this is pretty much because of, like, the feeling that I was left with after, like, like three listens or so mm-hmm. past this. Like, just kind of uninspired. Right. There, There's not a lot yeah. that I can say that's overly interesting because there isn't a lot on here, even though I enjoyed it, that is very interesting about this project. I like this album, but, like, I haven't gone back to it really, like, in, like... From like, a, oh, you know what would be nice right now? Sam, like, I haven't gone back to that since really, like, just our whole, you know, process of listening to or <laughs> listening to it to, uh, to make a blog about it. Right. It's... So, I don't know. Like, it was, it was good. It was, like, definite. This is one of the, like, one of the, uh, one of the more surprising things, I think, that came out this year. It's, he's, like, the new up and coming pop guy, pretty much, mm-hmm. or, like, R&B pop guy. And he did, like, a good job, and it's pretty creative. But, like, it's really not, like, there's not a whole lot to dig out of this thing. It's pretty surface level. It, so, so And it, like, plays on itself, like, throughout the album way too much, too. So, I don't know. I got tired of it pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, someone from The Guardian, I wish I could remember his name, but in his review, he stated that this was the best R&B debut since 2014's uh, LP1 by FKA Twigs. And at first, yeah, at first I thought, you know, no way. But then the more I thought about it, the more I realized there weren't too many notable R&B debut albums in 2015 and 2016 that came to mind. So maybe that's right. But at well, the same, Malibu. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he, I don't know had, if that's he, technically... Yeah, because he had Venice before that, so... But is that is that an album? Uh, God, I, I don't know. it might be an EP. It might be a mixtape, but... Yeah, well, because Sampha yeah. has had EPs before this too, right? So you know, it so, is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, what counts as a debut and what doesn't? It's, I feel like Malibu's got to be right. That one. Right. If Malibu counts, it's Malibu. But yeah, yeah as, as you're far, right. The R and B genre as a whole is just it's a little lacking. Like as far as like exciting, substantial stuff goes. Well, it's in a weird spot because there's a lot of artists that are part R&B, like Sampha is part R&B, so is Anderson Pack, so is Frank Ocean, so is Miguel, D'Angelo. Yeah, yeah that's true. But yeah. they're all so different that it doesn't feel like there's a strong R&B sense out in music right now. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But as what do you think of this of that of Sampha now? Yeah, uh so Okay, so the first song I heard was, you know, No One Knows Me Like the Piano. And obviously, mm-hmm. very gorgeous ballad, piano ballad, beautiful song. Um, but at the same time, I was thinking, going into the album, I was like, if we're going to have a whole album full of these slow piano ballads, I'm going to get bored. Uh, and luckily, it's not that at all. It's very much uh, kind of a modern electro production type of style. Um, I guess kind of like how, not quite to the experimental route that James Blake does it, but it's sort of an, an electronic R&B sound. Uh, so I yeah. prefer, you know, I love the Like the Piano song, don't get me wrong, but my other favorites are Plastic 100 Celsius and Timmy's yep. Prayer. And those tracks, yep. I thought, you know, those were the tracks I found myself continuing to go back to because it's that perfect blend of really interesting production that has a lot of, you know, enough subtlety to it to make it interesting, but also Sampha just sounds great. And honestly, he sounds great over all of these beats or instrumentals, but uh, those tracks just happen to stand out to me. Yeah, what about you? 
Yeah, plastic for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I got tired of No One Knows Me, like, after a little while. It's definitely, yeah. like, a really pretty track, and but it's, like, I It sticks know. out. It, like, it's so different than the rest of the Yeah, tracks. exactly. Yeah. It's, like, definitely, like, you know... Oh, this is the track that they're that they're gonna sell the album off of, right? Um, so, which is fine, and it's a good. They did a good job, but yeah, it's like it does not really fit like that well inside of it. I don't, know. especially like where it's placed. Like, I feel like it would have mm-hmm. been way better if he would have placed it like right at the end or something as that, a closer. That's a really good point because it you starts know? with plastic, it goes into blood on me, and yeah, then, and then which it are both like very great heavy beat driven like you know electronic r&b things they're not like you know they're not ridiculous but they're definitely not just soft little piano ballads right and then the song right before it is cora sings which is one of my favorite tracks as well um but it has this pulsating just vibrant beat that i haven't heard on an r&b song and i'm you know i'm listening to the song i'm feeling energized and then i hear the like the piano song come in and it's, you know, it's a cool song, but it just kind of kills the mood I had going. And then over the next couple songs, I have to kind of readjust myself to the electronic sound that he was giving me earlier. Yeah. Um, so I overall, I'm chalking this up as, you know, interesting mix of soulful vocals and modern electronic production. Um, plenty of decent ideas. And I think he has the potential to release something better than this on his next project. So yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm excited uh to hear what's coming out because I still enjoy it, but it did shrink on me a little bit. Um, yeah. I guess. Do you have any any quick final thoughts before we go on to the next one? Are we gonna rank or rate these albums? Ooh. Do you want to give like a little rating? Oh, to sure. It? I have a rating for this. If okay. You want. Uh, I it, it, if you asked me earlier, I would have said like a high eight, but now it's a it's a seven for me now. Okay. Yeah, so if you would have asked me when I first heard it, it would have been about an eight, but it dropped quite a bit for me. I'm at a six. A six on this. Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it like it's it's a six, but it's like it's mostly just because like I, uh, I like he has a lot of talent. And it's clear, um, and like and like like you said, I'm excited to see like where he goes from this, like with LP two, but. Like, I'm just tired of, of process now. You know what I mean? Like, there's some good moments on here, but I'm just tired of it. So, yeah, I'm, like, at a six on that. Okay. All right. So that puts us at a seven for this album. Um, and before we go on to the next one, I did forget to mention with this whole process on this podcast, we're, we're not going to... Oh, dang it. My bad. Uh, we're not going to be covering albums that we already discussed on previous podcasts. So that would be the XX, I See You the self-titled Dirty Projectors album, and then we're blogging Drake's More Life. So Yeah, because you guys know how we feel about that already. Ex- exactly, yeah. We, we don't need to fawn over that any more than we already need to. But uh, those three, you know, we're kind of... Th- that's not the purpose of this particular. This is sort of a, a catch-all stuff that we haven't talked about yet that we think deserves some sort of attention. So uh, our second album, Japan Droids. Near to the Wild Heart of Life. Now, this album was highly anticipated for me because their last album was four and a half years ago, Celebration mm-hmm. Rock, and it's one of my, probably one of my favorite, like, top 20 albums of the decade so far. I freaking love that album. Um, nice. What you What'd you think about this one? Pretty good. Yep. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty exciting at certain points. 
the title track is one of the best songs that they've put out. Hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, it's like, like as a whole, like it's, it's very surface level. There's not a lot, like it just gets, it just gets a little bit underwhelming, like as you listen to it more and more. So I don't know. It's a, it's a good, but yeah, it's a little underwhelming. Yeah. I'd say my biggest complaint is I guess what is probably the more popular complaint with this album is that it's, it's more compromising and more toned down in comparison with yeah. their earlier stuff. Like it, it feels like they tried to make it more accessible, even though it was already really catchy. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It was. It, they yeah, played it. it they feels, played it. It feels safe. a little safe. That's yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah, it's it's safe. Uh, my other biggest complaint is that they changed up the album cover style. They used to have. <laughs> yeah. They, they had this nice, you know the name japan droids and then the name of the album and it was a black and white photo they kept the black and white photo but they made it really high res and they got rid of the, the text and i was so mad irrationally about that um understandably <laughs> of, yeah that's that's really what we're talking about at the end of the day is album covers uh what were yeah. your what were your favorite songs on here i guess other than the title track which you seem to like a lot more than i do even though i did enjoy it uh, Northeast Southwest is uh, is a good track from there too. I like that. It it comes like you know right after it too. So, but the only thing with like with that one too is um, like it sounds it sounds very much like the title track. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Like it's the same. It's the same. Uh, I, and like chorus work and all that stuff too so and that happens quite a bit on this so but uh arc of bar i liked quite a bit too um but like really beyond those three mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's not a whole lot like there none of the songs on here are bad it's not there's no there's right. nothing bad on here but most of them are just kind of like meh, like right. forgettable exactly you know? exactly so yeah. And and Arc of Bar is the only track that kind of strays away a little bit from their typical sound, which is why I found it as interesting as I did. Uh, my other favorite that you did mention was No Known Drink or Drug. I thought that song was pretty awesome. It reminded me. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say these songs translate well live. I saw them a few weeks ago. You might know. You might not remember them. Yeah. <laughs> No. I, I only talk. Well, I don't remember yeah. it. I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, I you, remember you telling me that you were going. You might not have been there for that. Um, <laughs> I will say one thing I like about Japan Droids is every single album they've done is eight tracks. So if there is filler, you know, there's not much of it. So yeah, uh, and they usually bring more heat than they do filler. But if, I'm in the same boat as you. I think. Uh, I think a lot of people are calling this bad. When in reality, it's more just disappointing. Yeah, it's not bad by any means, but it's just like, yeah. It's not views. <laughs> you saying views is bad? <laughs> saying three out of ten is bad? <laughs> right. That's 30%, so, dude. Um, so yeah, this this anyway. one was the more, I guess, the, the cleanest and most accessible they've ever been. And then their first album, Post Nothing, was like the, the rawest they've ever been. And then Celebration Rock was released in between those two, and that's the perfect mixture of both. Uh, so that's what uh, are my thoughts, I guess, overall of the, the three Japan Droids album. But, you know, Celebration Rock's awesome. This is okay. That's pretty much 
pretty yeah. much my yeah thoughts. that's exactly it that's that's really like the synopsis that you need for, <laughs> for this record and uh with this one man i think i'm gonna have to go six on this one honestly oh dang yeah i know i know i feel bad because they sounded amazing live but this particular one i don't know yeah, I don't know. I'd be there too, actually. Now that I think about it, because like I was thinking seven, but literally it's just for like those three tracks. But even then, I'm not like super crazy about them. Right, right. There's enough on here to keep me interested, and that's you know that's about it. Yeah. You know what? Fine. Yeah, I'm at a six on this. Heck yeah! All right, a six is the under the scope score. Turn the nine upside down. It's a six now. <laughs> the, the 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 Japan droids are the uh, they're the six gods on this podcast. <laughs> oh, and they're from Canada. How perfect. Um, so our next one is an album that I thought was pretty freaking awesome. I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was really <laughs> good. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're doing Thundercat. Yep. Drunk. Um, yep. I will say, even if it's not album of the year, it's album cover of the year. Oh, it's amazing. He's just staring out of the water like he's pissed off at... Bugged out eyes. Yeah. Halfway submerged. Yeah, whoever took that photo was a great photo for it. Um, But, yeah, okay, what'd you think of the the music is, I guess, what we're reviewing when we do these. Yeah, yeah. We've we've just been, like, talking about album covers. Album cover's good. I give it a seven. Yeah. No, I uh, I love I love this oh. record. I was very very surprised at how much I actually ended up liking this because um, I was like thrown off. I did not expect it to be as quirky as mm. it as it actually uh, was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I haven't really listened to Thundercat's projects outside of his Kendrick Lamar work. So, um, so yeah, I was like very surprised at that. It's ba- it sounds like the dream like adult like any of the adult swims like music curators it sounds like their dream album like if they could <laughs> you know what i mean yes. like if they if they could think of the perfect album this is that's what's what drunk would basically yes. be uh so, so i thought it was great too and you made a really good point about uh i guess just not being what you expected because i expected something a little more boring but Thundercat has, like, a lot of personality on this album. Like, he's a fun guy to listen to vocally or with his bass. Um, I guess we should say Thundercat is, like, a really funky jazz, electronic, alternative hip-hop bassist slash singer um, on the Brain Feeder label, most yeah. notably Flying Lotus. Um so yeah, I've heard Thundercat, of course, on Kendrick and on Flying Lotus projects, but this is my first time I've ever heard a full project by him, and it's 23 tracks, but only 51 minutes. Yeah. So it's basically just a big series of interludes, which I thought was, you know, that's the common criticism with this album is that, you know, all, all these tracks feel like interludes. But once you kind of accept that, I think it's enjoyable music. So. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It it's very it's very much like I I don't know it's 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 definitely polarizing to a certain extent. Right. I wouldn't say that it's like super. You know, Dirty Projectors is probably more polarizing than this was, but like it's definitely like if you don't like this kind of like stuff, you know what I mean? Right. Like this quirky like kind of stuff, you're probably not gonna not gonna like what's going on with this whole because it's all over the place. 
the thing so, is, but yeah, I yeah, like he he did such a like creative job of like keeping it interesting all the way through and not just like you know bullshit. You yeah. know what I mean? Not just like not just throwing out some like s- silly ridiculous crap for twenty three tracks. Right. You know, because like you can get like that's i feel like that's pretty hard to do like to 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 keep this whole style going all the way through and like keep it interesting from track to track and and yeah if you came up to me and said hey you should listen to this album it's 23 tracks featuring a bassist i i'd be like no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna check that out that sounds really boring yeah but yeah again he and his songs are just cheesy enough to where i still enjoy them as opposed to something like the M83 album that was so cheesy I yeah. couldn't get behind it. This is the yeah. right level of cheese. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the it's yeah, it's the Tokyo versus the <laughs> Moon Crystal. <laughs> yes. it, and what is it? The, the uh, Show You the Way, the lead single. Yeah, yeah. He, he introduces the other members. It's like, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Michael McDonald. And yeah. then you hear like yeah. a, a, an applause track in the background. That, that was also so- just a, out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, uh, feature there. <laughs> yeah, Michael McDonald and yeah. Kenny Loggins. Um, but you do get other features from Kendrick, uh, Pharrell, and Wiz yeah. Khalifa, the last of which I was not impressed by. Yeah, that's like a bad song on here, that's, honestly. I do not like I do not like drink that at all. I thought, you know, okay, Wiz is finally on some Thundercat. Maybe he'll do something other than the Taylor... Yeah. No, but he just did that again, and it's just the same flow, the yeah. same stupid voice, and it's about it's just a song about partying. Right. It's just it's typical Wiz, and it doesn't match with Thundercat. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. It sounds like a Wiz Khalifa song too. So I yeah, I do not, I do not like that <laughs> track. But pretty much everything else on here, I I, I at least liked. I agree. You know. I did. I, I either really liked it or I loved it, but drink that I I do not like at all. And my my one complaint with this album, or my main complaint with this album, is that I do wish some of the shorter tracks were longer. Like Jethro, I thought was amazing, but it was only like a minute and a half. Yeah, that's true. Or even Tokyo, I think was pretty short too. But yeah, it's short. Yeah. I just I, that that one like I think it's just like the beat on that everything just like. The, the lyrics to it and everything to talk about. He's going to blow all his money on anime and when he started loving Tokyo. Like, it's just great. That's, the that's like, one of the most personal tracks on this record. Like, when I saw this album cover, I'm like, this guy's not about to make a Goku reference on this album. But yet, <laughs> little did I know. <laughs> so many Goku references. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, overall, my favorite tracks... Uh, Jethro, Show You the Way, Walk On By, Tokyo, Inferno, and of course, then changes the. That's like my favorite song on there for sure. Um, overall, 8 out of 10. Yeah, okay, yeah. So mine, Show You the Way, Ravino, Walk On By, Tokyo. I love also, I'm just going to throw this in there because I, I do, I love it. Jamil's Space Drive. Yes, yes. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw the turn down in there because I do like that track. Okay. Good. Oh, yeah, with Pharrell. Um, yeah. The Pharrell one. I, yeah. I, I like it. So, <laughs> yeah, I love Jamil's Space Drive. <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture it. Like, just like the, just the shitty, like, 
green screen like flying through space and this is basically what m83 should have been doing that's what i was thinking i was like this is how you do this (laughs) yeah he took it way too seriously so anyway um yeah so i'm giving it an eight out of ten too honestly dude if it wasn't for like shrink that and then just like some of the you know you know what you said like some of the ideas that are like not quite as fleshed out this thing would be a nine for me it's that enjoyable mm-hmm. i agree like i but there's just those little things and drink that is horrible <laughs> and well to your point about jameel's space ride real quick um so i'm looking at the track list and it's okay it's walk on by featuring kendrick and then after that is the song called black with three k's mm-hmm. and i'm mm-hmm. like okay this album's about to get real now and then the next two tracks are tokyo and jameel's space ride yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like holy cow <laughs> this album's amazing. Oh god. So yeah, yeah. Uh, this doesn't album... have a lot of consistency as far as social commentary goes. <laughs> right, right. If you don't like one topic, just wait a couple songs. Yeah. Uh, and by track two, he's saying "Beat Your Meat," so that's that's yep. great yep. too. Um, so yeah, this gets an under the scope average of eight, and it's time to go on to the final album in our first segment here, Patrick. This is my album of the year so far. Quelle Chris. Yep. Being You is, Being You is great. <laughs> <laughs> Quelle Chris, Being You is great. I wish I could be you more often. Um, you know, it, it, it's a shame. It, it's both a, a, a pleasure and a shame that we're talking about this album on this podcast. One, because I do want to get the word out there that this album is amazing. But two, Mm -hmm. I wish I had more time to do it. So by the time 2017 Album of the Year blog comes around, I'm going to go a lot more in depth based on what I'm going to say here. But I just want, I'm glad you liked it too. So I loved it. Yeah. I I liked it a lot at like even with the the first initial listen, but it's something that just gets better like as I've listened to it too. Yeah. And you know, like it's, it's, it, it it fits in like the environments that you walking around in, driving, walking, sitting around, things like that. It's 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 great for that. It's personal. It's mm-hmm. like surprising. Kind of came out of nowhere. So that's another thing that just like adds yeah. into the the quality of it. So yeah, I I I really like this. Yeah. So another another really eccentric rap album too, but not like not not like quirky it's a little quirky yeah it's like yeah it's like a little bit more like self-reflective instead of just like you know right nerdy right like this is uh okay so quelly chris for most i would assume most people don't know because i didn't know who this was until yeah no idea he's a detroit rapper and his music has a reputation for being very odd and abstract um as soon as I heard this guy, I immediately thought Open Mike Eagle and Milo when it comes to this relatable, introspective, left field, quote unquote, art rap. Um, I, this album is just, it's refreshingly relatable and honest. Like, yeah. in, in hip hop, you get this sort of everyone wants to be the tough guy or everyone wants to show off what they have. But Quelle Chris, throughout this whole project, you just, you get to know him and all of the complicated idiosyncrasies that make him him. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything on here, the, the production is interesting and it's varied. 
the lyrics are really good. The wordplay is wonderful. And the individual, just the personality that he has is just so intriguing. And I'm like you, where, you know, I first listened to this and I really liked it, but it does get better the more you listen to it because you get to pick up on, you know, what he's talking about and how he's yeah. saying it. It's really hard to understand fully on your first listen. Yeah, it's pretty lengthy, too. It's over an hour, so it's like there's a lot to unpack, like, like in this... Uh in this record so yeah like more and more it just keeps getting it just keeps getting a little bit a, a little bit more fulfilling right but the, like the more that you listen to it production it, on this thing is is great too by the way and it's it ranges everything from like the soulful beats on so, something like popeye or pendulum swing to the <laughs> really aggressive beat on the dreamer in the den of wolves or like the relaxing production on something like bs vibes there's just mm-hmm. there's I think there's at least one song for just about everybody, but this whole thing in general might not be for everybody because he's that dry and quirky. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's it's an album that I'll I'll continue to have to evaluate because I'm still trying to figure out everything that's going on. But what I can understand or what I perceive to take out of this album is okay so you have the the first track buddies and he has that line that he opens with he's like i fuck with myself i fuck with myself and then he brings that line back at the very end like as a reprise and in between you just get all of these wacky things that are going on in his mind all of these weird thoughts he's having all of these crazy feelings whether they're positive negative what have you but by the time you get to the end of the album, he reminds you, like, you know, I, I I have all of these crazy emotions, but I love who I am at the end of the day. And that's what I yeah. get from it. I think that's awesome. Um, but, yeah, it's just, as far as the music goes, full of variety, yet cohesive at the same time. Uh, my favorite tracks are, you know, I wrote over half the tracks here. Great features on here. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, all the... Pretty much all the features too. I didn't know a good amount of these people at all. hadn't heard of them, so it was it's it's nice to like have, have like these because they're good features. So it's like like this album's also good for just, just like having more people that I can look at. You know, for going going further into 2017. Yep, um, like rappers and underground rappers. And one of those I'll touch on more in a bit, but I will say my my feature of the year. Uh, so far as Jean Grey. She has that two-minute verse on The Prestige where she just... On The Prestige, yeah. Yeah, she just absolutely goes in. That's that's the feature of the year so far. And so I just wanted to give her a quick shout-out on that. But yeah, overall, how are you feeling? I love this album. Mm-hmm. I'd be I'd give it a nine right now. Yep, it's nine for me too. Yeah. Upside yeah. down I figured six. We, I figured we were pretty well at the same yeah. spot on that. I can't quite say a ten. Because I'm still trying to figure no, out what's yeah. going There's on here. There's that difference. There's there is definitely that, that yeah, difference. There is that difference. And, you know, I, I'm still trying to figure out this album uh, to an extent. But at the same time, I don't think musically it's a 10 either. So I doubt it'll ever get no, that high. Yeah. But it, def- it won't drop to an 8 either. So, yeah, we give Quelly Chris, Being You is Great, I Wish I Could Be You More Often, a 9. All right individual recommendations how'd you want to do this just trade off i guess 
Sure. Yeah. 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 You can go first if you want to. Okay. So the first one I gave. Okay. So I gave little awards for these. <laughs> little. Oh, I like this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> little Q one awards here. Um, so this first one. This is the. This is very business right here. Yes. Yeah. This, yeah. This it, is it, very yes. corporate one right here. <laughs> this is like the episode of The Office where they're in little a, incentives. Yeah, we're giving yeah. up Dundee's. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a Chili's or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're doing. The the Dundee, um, the first one. The Scopies. <laughs> <laughs> the Scopies. Yes. All right. So so this Scopie is uh, the award for. It took two months for this album to click. <laughs> that's that's the name of the award. <laughs> the it took two months for this album to click. Scopey goes like to this. it goes to Foxygen for Hang. Okay. And this album, it's very very over the top. Yep. Uh, it's Fleetwood Mac revivalism at some points. It's ABBA worship sometimes. It's totally cheesy, but. Once I got used to that, which literally just happened maybe a week ago, I I love this album now. I I think it's great, uh, and it, it it's hard to say it was a grower because I thought it was okay and it stayed okay for two months, and then last and then week all of a it, it, it jumped to great just like that. So it wasn't a gradual growing. Um, so there's eight tracks, thirty two minutes on this thing, but there's a ton of ideas. Like you will get. I, well, I can't speak for you, but I got exhausted listening to this thing. Like, this. yeah, no, I yeah, first time I listened to it too, I was the same way. Like, it just it's so incohesive. It really is. And it's just like it's just like it's just madness, basically. And the, as far as like style, it's so sporadic. But yeah, you're right. I mean, like it is like very. There are like all the ideas are definitely good. Right. You take a song like Avalon. And you hear it, and at first it's like, oh my gosh, this song is just so sugary, because <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's straight yep. ABBA. But yeah. but at the same time, it's so fun. It's so catchy. I'm singing this song all the time. The, their song styles are ambitious, and they jump all over the place. Um, totally sounds like something I would hear on <laughs> 70s on 7 radio with my dad in the car. Um <laughs> Yeah. It's just very extravagant. Uh, real quick, my favorite tracks, Follow the Leader, Avalon, Mrs. Adams, and On Lankershim, the last of which is basically a Fleetwood Mac song. Um, but yeah, I you know I if I were someone checking out Foxygen's Hang for the first time, I wouldn't give up on this album after two listens. Uh, I'm giving it an eight. So, okay. So yeah, that's, nice. that's my first recommendation. Okay. So my, I gotta make up a scopey right now. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I didn't know that this is gonna be a thing. All of my, my names were, yeah. scopey for yes. yes. Most interesting ambient of the year this year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or most interesting ambient of the quarter. Yes, of the quarter of Q one is visible cloaks mm-hmm. reassemblage. It's my first. This is my first recommendation. This is the first new ambient that I heard this year too. I think, yeah, because I heard it. I listened to it before, uh, before the Bing and Ruth record too. Well, what about the Brian Eno? Um, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah never mind. Yeah, that's that was that was uh, that was that was the first one because that came out in January. So anyway, but the Visible Cloaks record is 
again kind of came out of nowhere hadn't really hadn't heard of them didn't know who they were basically just went off of uh, and listened to it because of the pitchfork best new music score that they gave it mm-hmm. but it's so interesting this one is it's becoming one of my favorite um ambient records of the past few years that mm-hmm. i've heard too mm-hmm. i really really enjoy it it's 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 meditative and it's glitchy that's not glitchy it's like it's it's got the electronic elements in it but it's like very zen mm-hmm. um it's uh it's 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 like like math ambient kind of if that makes sense actually that's a <laughs> like pretty good feels term. like it's like really calculated kind of ambient music but it's still got all the electronic elements to it um yeah it's not it's not boring at all this stuff is very interesting yeah that's a that's um, a good point about calculated ambience because i my, yeah i don't I, know if that makes sense i feel like that sounds a little bit it does to me but but what i took away from this album <laughs> math major <laughs> yeah you're appealing to the math major me oh it's calculated yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I, I think they use space very well like yeah yeah if that even i don't even know if that if i'm even using that term right but every little note they put in and how it sounds in connection with all the other notes on a particular song i think yep. it's it's well organized yeah it's minimalistic it's 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 simple but it's it's changing yeah like it just like you can you can hear it change like throughout the album I don't know. It's 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 the it's one of the most interesting albums I've heard this year. So and it's definitely the most interesting ambient that I've heard this year. Um, so I I really like this album a lot. Great album art too. Yes. Ambient music has that, but they this really one's do. got this one's got some of my favorite. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be looking forward to anything else that they do over the next few years. They don't really have much. Like, I haven't this heard is pretty, of them. This, yeah, this is pretty much it. I went in on them on my Apple Music, and they don't really have... They have a few singles here and there, so I don't know if this is their debut, but if it is, kudos, because they did a phenomenal job with this one. Um, this one, I'm actually giving a 9 to. Ooh, dang. Yeah, it's yeah, it's that good. I really, really like it. Damn, couple 9s for Patrick on this podcast. I love it. Yeah, just a couple, just a couple, just a, just a couple of them. I'm not giving them out, you know. So, <laughs> no, no, no. all right. Uh, my second individual recommendation is a name that I not so subtly alluded to during our Quelly Chris review. Um, this wins the uh, the don't quit after a few songs like I did, Scopey. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> because when I first listened to so this, far, the past two ones have been basically just that. Like, yeah, just, <laughs> I yeah. didn't like it that much at first, well, but now, no. Well, this one's different. This one, I turned off. I oh, okay. I was right. not having it. But then the second time, I was like, you know what? This guy's supposed to be good, so I'll check it out again. Anyway, Rock Marciano. The album is Rosebud's Revenge. Now this oh. is. Okay. Yeah, this is my second favorite. I have to add this. Yeah, and, and I what prompted me to do it again was you know Dead and Hip Hop put out a video reviewing it, and Pitchfork put out their review of it, and I was like, you know, maybe I'm missing something with this. I better because this is normally my lane of hip hop, so I should go back and think, you know, am I missing something with this? And sure enough, I am. But the reason it's so hard to get into is because. It's it's much like the Ka album that was on my top fifty last yeah, year. Okay. 
So it's it's very dense. It's incredibly dry. It's inaccessible, but he has bars, and the beats. The he has a lot of piano beats, like a bunch of '90s style piano beats in there. But his vocals are buried underneath the mix, to where the beat sometimes overpowers him. Sometimes the sample overpowers him. But when you finally dig out what he's saying, it's so dope and. He's so smooth, he's so confident, and his wordplay is crazy. And every time I listen to this, I pick up on something new because, again, it's it's hard to make out what he's saying anyway. Um, this is okay. ve- so yeah, very much like Ka. I mean, those two get compared all the time, Rock Marciano and Ka. And it's very much like if Mob Deep was really hard to get into. Um, he's featured on the Quelly Chris song "Fascinating Grass" off of that, so you've you've heard him rap even if you don't realize it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, the first time I listened to it, it's like an hour long, 15 tracks. I gave up halfway through because it got boring and monotonous, and I expect that to be the case for a good majority of people that check this out. Um, but if you appreciate complicated lyricism, uh, really dark, grimy beats, and um, Citizen Kane ad-libs... <laughs> then oh nice <laughs> yeah the, yeah rosebud's revenge so it's always the rosebud oh, okay yeah, yeah okay yeah. yeah that makes sense so, yeah so yeah um again this is another one that i'm still digging because there's just so much lyricism here to unpack but because of that it's going to have high replay value for me so right now it's an eight i expect it to stay at pretty much an eight but I mean, if, if you can get into this album, it's going to be one of your favorite rap albums of the year, as it's been the case for a lot of people. Very polarizing rap album. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, Rock Marciano. All right, I'm adding that to my to my list of things that I need to listen to from this year, because I hadn't even heard of that. Oh, well, there you go. It got an 8.0 on Pitchfork, not Best New Music. That's how they get you. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. That that is how they do it. Yeah, you have to literally go in on the genres in order to, to to find that stuff. Exactly. Um, okay. So mine, I'm trying to think of a good a good <laughs> one for this one. None of mine are good. You don't have to think of any good ones. Just <laughs> my award names make no sense. Mine is the best two hour mm. album of of quarter one of 2017 award. <laughs> That's pretty good. Not a lot of competition there. But. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty specific there. That's why it's the best. Yep. <laughs> uh, Sun Kill Moon, mm. Common as Light and Love, or Red Valleys of Blood. This is like, it could also be like the most polarizing I of, would agree. of quarter one, too. Because I feel like it's it definitely has that reception of love it or hate it. I did not like it, so... Yeah. The fifty cent. Love it or hate it, the underdog's on top. <laughs> <laughs> this album this is, is a, like this is cent. also a don't give up for me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't expect people to really like it. For me, like just listening through the 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 full two hours of this, I just sat down one night after watching Needle Drops review of it. I was like, you know, I've never even really given Psycho Moon a listen, so didn't have any preconceived notions of really what to expect anyway besides i knew it was supposed to be pretty sad stuff um but this stuff is like the most personal songwriting i've heard from a lot of like pretty much i mean just 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 in general like it's some of the most like 
<laughs> it's crazy. This guy's mm -hmm. basically just speaking like he's in a therapy session for two hours. And it's like a snapshot of the year of 2016. So it's really interesting to hear now in 2017, looking back on stuff, it gets political. This album's very political, as you would expect from, you know, a 50 year old man discussing what was happening in 2017. Um, so yeah, it's very political, which can be a little bit, you know, polarizing and, and, and grading to, to people. They don't want to hear those opinions, but I just like, it's the most interesting take mm -hmm. on one of the most interesting takes on, on that year that I've heard. Um, cause it's like, it's so individualized, you know, and you, you can like hate what he was, what he's talking about or like the opinions that he's giving, but like, it's just the whole thing is laid out in it's it i i really really enjoyed it so and i don't go back to it like you know song to song mm -hmm. really because these songs are like 12 minutes long a peak and it's like a two and a half hour um, long project so yeah but it's like it, it it's definitely like one of the most striking listens that i've given or like you know like the first listen was definitely one of the most striking lessons that i gave to it and then just after that like any Anytime I've sat down and just listened to it in its entirety, it's just been like, it's it's just really interesting to hear this guy's, these these like scarily honest opinions about things. Yeah, and um, speaking as someone... Interesting production on this too. Some people don't like how, how similar it sounds. Um, I think it plays into the style really well because the whole thing is basically just him speaking on his mind. So, um, yeah. So yeah, very very interesting work. Uh, real real quick, speaking as someone who didn't like this, I just got to say it is incredibly interesting. Like, that's the one takeaway I had from this album is just how unique of a experience it was, and you know something that I think a lot of people wouldn't get, including myself. But if you like it, then it's I imagine it's amazing. Yeah, it clicked for me pretty well right away. So I I very much recommend this, but like I don't expect people to to like it that much. Mm -hmm. You know, right? I I I would love for people to like it, but I don't. I'm not expecting that out of something like this. So I really liked it. Um, I'm giving it an eight now. Okay. okay. I liked it. I liked it enough to give it a nine, probably when I first heard it. But like the the fact that it is two hours long. Um, and it you know it is a little bit it, it is definitely it's draining um so and then after the first few listens of it you understand what he's talking about and it's not like a huge surprise or anything after that so yeah, that loses a little something but it's still like there's so much to unpack in this it's just like you can listen to it uh, you know 20 times and still be finding new things so yeah, yeah right. I'm, I'm at an eight on the sun kill moon that's my second recommendation. All right, and we haven't we haven't done the same thing yet, so pretty nope. good. We only got two left, so that's I'm I'm about to screw this up possibly. Um, this one wins <laughs> the I can't believe I haven't checked out this band by now, Scopey. And this year's winner, or this quarter's winner, is Spoon for the album okay. for the album Hot Thoughts. 
Um, Spoon is like they're an indie pop, indie rock band that have been in the game for like two decades. Uh, they're often considered one of the most consistent bands making music currently. Uh, and I think most of their albums have like a Metacritic above 80, which is pretty impressive. Uh, this one, I think, has, yeah, an, an 81. Um, so, yeah, basically, I don't have a whole lot to say about this. Um, very catchy, very punchy. Uh, it's just good old, it, it's not revolutionary indie pop or indie rock, but it's an enjoyable listen. Um, a couple of odd experimental moments on here, uh, Pink Up and Us, I guess are very atypical for this album. Um, the former track of those Pink Up is my favorite song on here, no doubt. Um, but the singles, Hot Thoughts and Can I Sit Next to You are very fun also. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just, there's not a whole lot I can say. It's a very straightforward uh, indie pop, indie rock um, from some guys that definitely have experience and know what they're doing. Um, my other big takeaway during my introduction to Spoon was that Britt Daniels' voice sounds a lot like Damon Albarn to me. Um, but yeah, over hmm. yeah, that's that's just what I got um, uh, on the song. I'm trying to think what songs it stood out specifically. But yeah, Damon Albarn, that's the voice I got when I heard this album. I'm like, oh my gosh, he kind of sounds like that. Maybe. I guess you could see it. Like the rock version of Damon Albarn. Yeah, like like Damon Albarn during uh, doing or, Blur. Or, blur yeah, stuff. Blur. I, yeah. yeah, I guess I should, yeah. Right, right. The doing rock stuff. <laughs> oh, could yeah. you imagine that? If, never, yeah, probably <laughs> never ever did that. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, just... Uh, you know, very straightforward. Don't have too much to say about it, but it's definitely enjoyable. And I think a lot of people will dig a few of these songs. Uh, I give it a seven for Spoon. So, okay. So yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's not that's not the next one for me. So okay. So far we're so far we're good. We're My next one, one is uh, shoot the award for. <laughs> The award for uh, most yellow album cover. I don't know. <laughs> don't really know. Being in Ruth, no home of the mind. Ah, yep. Another ambient album. This one's very different than Invisible Cloaks' ambient album. This one's very much just like very pretty, shimmery stuff. It's like very piano laden ambient. Uh, it's it's not it's not cheesy it doesn't it doesn't wear on you it's pretty but it's not too long it's uh yeah they did a very solid job with this one i it's it's not like absolutely you know visible cloaks is more interesting to listen to and it's probably a little bit more rewarding but being in ruth is just really really nice just a really really well well made album it's just gorgeous um, so yeah, I don't have like a ton to say with that, um, but uh, I'd give it a seven. I uh, I really like it. I go back to it, you know, sometimes just because it's it's just it's just very simple, pretty music. Um, favorite songs are like Starwood Joker, which is the first track. Mm. Um, 
it's just, yeah, just give it a just give it a listen. I think that it's it's very accessible ambient music. If anybody wants to get into um, that kind of stuff, that's this is a good way to, to start out because I don't I don't see really much uh, much reason that you that anybody would not like other than maybe they think it's boring because there's no lyrics or anything. Yeah, and I I still haven't heard it yet, but you know I've heard nothing but good things about it. So yeah, it's it's just really pretty. So all right. Anyway, no home of the mine, Bing and Ruth. Give me give him giving them a seven. Okay, Bing and Let's Ruth go to our gets last a seven. Ones. All right, our last ones. This is fun so far. I'm liking this podcast. Um, yeah, this is good. So this is the I only hate gimmicks if they're executed poorly award. <laughs> and this goes to La La Land or no wait no uh, <laughs> this, Damn it. this goes to King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard for oh, for okay, flying okay. For, uh, what is it flying microtonal banana which yeah. is a hell of a band name and a funky album name to go with it um, so King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard are an Australian psychedelic rock band um, they they've have they have a lot of material out, um, but I guess in this stretch of their career, they're known for sort of having a one-off gimmick to their albums. Uh, last year, the album Nonagon Infinity made my top 10 um, for that year, and the notable characteristic was that the nine tracks on there, they all led into each other, and then the last track led into the beginning track, which made an infinite loop, thus mm-hmm. Nonagon Infinity. Uh, I still play that album. Awesome. Love it. This one, the gimmick here is using microtonal frequencies. And from my understanding, in the Western world of music, we use this scale. You know, this note is an A. This is an A sharp. This is a B. And from what I understand, I'm not a music theory guy, but the, the, the microtones are the frequencies in between those frequencies. Which, yeah. which aren't used very much over here, but they're used in the Eastern world quite a bit, which is why this album may sound foreign or even more specifically like Indian. Um, so that's the sound they're working with this time. Uh, so if you don't like one of these tracks just because of the way it sounds, you think it might sound weird, um, you know, you probably won't like the album as a whole. But... It's King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, so that you know they're going to come through with these like awesome guitar riffs, these like rocking vocals. Um, it's just a, a lot of fun packed into eight songs, uh, comprising of either really long jam sessions or more straightforward to the point, accessible, catchy, punchy tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, I just as always with King Giz, I love the guitar, love the energy, love the vocals. Um, I don't like it as much as Not and Gone Infinity, but you know it's still very good. Uh, quick favorite tracks: uh, Rattlesnake, Sleep Drifter, Billabong Valley, Doom City, and probably my favorite, Nuclear Fusion. Um, overall rate. Have you heard this one yet? I haven't yet. Okay. Uh, oh, man, this is tough. Right now, I'm gonna say a high seven. So, yep. I definitely recommend it. Really cool psychedelic rock. Okay. Focusing on microtones. So, yeah. Flying Microtonal Banana by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I could just say that all day. 
Uh, yeah, dude, that's it's, it's amazing. They, they nailed all that stuff. Too. <laughs> they, they, just, that's that. They went ahead. And, they went ahead and just said, "We're gonna take psychedelic for real." <laughs> right. So yeah. All right. So your last one, we didn't match on any of these. I'm impressed. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh oh. <laughs> maybe it's my award for album that I know is supposed to be good, but I haven't heard yet. Oh. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, would that, is... so, that would be so. <laughs> Way to have your own opinion there. <laughs> yeah. No, mine is. Uh, let's see. Mine is the uh, Death Is Real. Scopey. <laughs> Man, dude, this album. Yeah, and and uh, and 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 yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I can't really give an award better than that for this. Mount Erie, a crow looked at me. So this just came out. Oh yeah, a few days ago. Mm-hmm. But it's that good. I've been listening to it pretty nonstop for the past few days. Mm. So I'm in a little funk. But man, this thing is like, it's re- it's just the most devastating stuff. It's. It's it's definitely on there on on par with the what Nick Capes was last year as far as like lyric work and you know just yeah. the whole the whole style behind it. So, um, so yeah, just a stuff, little bit of little bit of background real quick, just because it's it, it's imperative for this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Phil Elverum or Elverum, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Phil Elverum is a singer songwriter, uh, most notably of the Microphones, but now he's working under the name Mount Erie. Uh, and last year, his wife died from a long battle with, I believe, pancreatic cancer. Uh, mm-hmm. And so this album is just his entire grieving process. But yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt. Me. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, and it reminds me a, a bit of the Sun Kill Moon. Um, it's it's way less long and it's it's not political and stuff like that but i'm just mean as far as like the the writing style on here is like therapeutic and it's like he's he's much more poetic like with the with the way that he writes um than how than how uh, it is on the sun Kill moon record that's pretty much just like stream of consciousness um but this i mean it's just it's one of the most personal things that I've heard since Carrie and Lowell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really like, it's, it's really interesting just the way that he talks about, um, facing his own death after, after this, um, just, it's really heartbreaking to him talking about his relationship with his daughter now. Um, and, but it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't feel cheap doesn't feel like mm-hmm. he's capitalizing on anything at all it's definitely you know it's just, it's definitely artistic and it's just it's really devastating so um yeah this album's like again extremely sad so you know don't listen to it if you don't really like i think it's important i, I this this is the kind of stuff i think is important i really really like this uh this album but yeah, like I don't expect people to be, yeah. you know, <laughs> head over heels for yeah. listening to something like this. I, it's it's a lot to take in. I've still only heard it once because like it's so hard for me to revisit an album like this. Like I yeah, it's so I really I really 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 enjoyed this. Yeah, this, this thing is 
this thing is extremely personal. The, the opening track where he has the lines about, well, we got mail with your name. The package. On it. Yeah, yeah, the pack. A package gets delivered a week after his wife died. It was a present for their daughter. Yeah, it's it's like a backpack for the daughter who doesn't yeah. even start school for two years. So he's saying like, "Wow, you you must have known you weren't going to be here in the future, but you were thinking about her anyway." Like it's yeah. it's really touching stuff, and it's 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 so it's, hard it's, to swallow. It, but yeah, like yeah. You, like you said, it's one of the most honest albums I've heard in a while. Uh, rest in peace to Genevieve Alverum. I mean, that's that's tough. Pancreatic cancer is no joke. Um, nope. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I don't yeah. I don't have a rating for it, but if you do, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm 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 think I'm at a nine on this too. Yeah. Um. I I I I can't really like I I've only listened to it like over the past few days, the past three days, I guess. Um. Or two days. Yeah. Past two days, but I've listened to it like three or four times um, over the past few days. So I'm at probably a nine right now. I don't know if that'll change later on. That's not like a solidified rating Mm because of how early it is, but Mm -hmm. man. Yeah. I mean, don't listen to this in front of friends because it's tough. It's, it's really tough. Or listen to it in front of friends and just cry your eyes out. Yeah, sure. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, this is Sufjan Stevens, Carrie and Lowell levels of, you know, grief on an album. Yeah. If not more so. Like it's, yeah. it's so bad. It feels it feels a little bit stronger just because like or um, like I don't know. I mean like I'm not gonna make comparisons yeah, right, right. right. To That's, which one yeah, I like better or anything. Yeah. But just like it feels a little bit stronger just because like the emotions immediate. You well, know what I mean? You're right. Like his wife just died yeah. and he made this album. Um like like basically as, you know, a grieving mechanism. Right. So and Sufjan's uh, mom died, um, and that's you know that's 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 what Carrie and Lowell is primarily about, like his relationship with his parents and his mom, like while she was dying. But it was like, it's it it wasn't as immediate as this is, right? So that's it feels the- a, it feels a little bit more feels a little stronger just as far as like the emotion put into the lyrics that way. So yeah, that's the difference, and I, I don't want to make it a grieving contest, but this one is just—it's more direct. Like what Phil is saying is absolutely—you yeah. you get the, the point. Who's yeah. sad? Who's the most sad between? Those right. Yeah, that's not yeah. what I'm trying to. You know, I don't yeah. want to be misconstrued with that, but it's—it's it's very direct. It's very personal. It's very hard to take in. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we talked about it though because it's. It'll it'll go down as one of the year's most memorable albums, regardless of how anybody yeah. feels about yep. it. Yeah, um, I, I I wholeheartedly believe that too. Yeah, um, I think it's gotten the most acclaim. I think it has like a ninety six Metacritic or something. Yeah, it's last exactly what it has. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a hell of an album. Um, yeah. So so those were our <laughs> those were our individual recommendations. Um, yeah, I'm glad that we didn't have any any of the same ones. Yeah, we got, I didn't yeah. think we did. I mean, I only had Visible Close would have been the only one I knew that you might have put on there, but I didn't think that you would have uh, right, like, done that. So I, I had a feeling, you know, you weren't going to talk about Rock Marciana, so I'm like, oh, I'll put that yeah. on there. Um, so, so, okay, so now let's just talk about just overall thoughts on quarter one. Um, earlier, 
on the I guess on the Dirty Projectors podcast, I said something to the extent of, you know, I was disappointed in this year. We have a lot of good albums, not a lot of great albums. I've I've kind of changed a little bit on that. Um, I've come I've completely changed on how I was talking about that, and it really took like looking back at it, like us yeah. doing this, for me to realize like how much great stuff is actually out there right now. Right, like the first thing I did when you said we were going to do this podcast or when you suggested we were going to do it, is I made a playlist of just everything that came out in the first quarter that I enjoyed. And listening to it all over and over, I was like, yeah. holy cow, this is what was I thinking when I heard the Foxygen the first time? Or, you know, what was I missing on, you know, Thundercat or whatever? So it's just, the, the more we listen to these, our opinions get a little more solidified. And now it's like, not that it's the most amazing quarter in history, but it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is like I've been a little disappointed with like the bigger names that we that were coming out. Sure. This year, uh, the XX3 projectors, Sampha, Japan Droids, like that stuff. Like it was just a little underwhelming yeah. on all of those aspects. Yeah. Um, but like you know, overall, like it's been like one of the best. It's been like the best beginning of the year that I've had as far as like discovering. Uh, great music, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, like the Sun Kill Moon, the Visible Clothes, all the all four of my recommendations were all like people that I hadn't really given honest listens to. I I knew the the Mount Erie Clear Moon before I listened to this one, but like you know, besides that, like the, pretty much that's what this this year has been. It's been like pretty good from the artists that I already knew about, but like excellent for the most part mm -hmm. from people that i hadn't previously checked out or in just now discovering uh add add the shins and both yeah. uh, both future albums to that list of uh, big names that didn't quite come through yeah um i guess my two big takeaways so far uh are you know hip-hop is you know that's my genre um and outside of the quelle chris and rock marciano i'm having a hard time digging up stuff um, that I'm just really digging. I guess after that, and it, you know, if you want to call Thundercat hip hop, I love that as well. But, you know, after that, it's like the Migos I thought was cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Wiley's Godfather album I thought was really cool, UK Grime. Um, but outside of that, you know, the two future projects, um, <laughs> I'm just going to say it, you know, I wasn't blown away by Drake either. Um, and there were a couple more projects in there that I just, as far as hip-hop goes, that I just could not get behind this year. Um, and so I'm hoping it picks up. But my other big takeaway was, I thought, you know, we didn't talk much about women's projects, but um, I thought the, I'm going to mispronounce her name, but the J-Som, uh, uh -huh. as well as yeah. Priest, Julie Byrne, and Vagabond, I thought are four really well-executed album um, from, you know, from women, you know, very, very DIY, uh, albums, you know, it's most of those albums, if they share anything in common, it's just a woman and an instrument for the most part. Um, but yeah, uh, four very different albums, but I'm like, you know what? Women are absolutely killing it this year. So that was kind yeah, of, that's my, a, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. That was kind of my other takeaway. Cause I've, you know, I admittedly, I, I probably need to listen to more women artists because i think male artists tend to get more hype and more shine and more publicity from you know blogs or reviewers or whatever 
Yeah. And so I try to go out of my way to listen to more women curated projects. Uh, and there's a lot of good stuff that came out this year. So, yeah, that's kind of my, yeah. my two biggest takeaways, I guess, are those. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward into to quarter two. We got. Yeah. Um, Let's take a look we at got. This. We got Fleet Foxes coming up. Yep. We got Gorillas coming up. Oh, I forgot! I forgot to write down Gorillas. I knew I was forgetting one. Yeah. Yeah, we got freaking Gorillas coming up. I haven't listened to anything other than uh, Hallelujah Money, and I've only listened to that one time because I don't want to, you know, get any real preconceived notions before I go into this. Yeah, I the, um, the four singles leaked. I didn't listen to any of them. Nope. Yeah, I haven't listened to those yet. So. Um, yeah, who else we got? So April April seventh, in just a couple weeks. Here's the list of names that are all releasing on April seventh. Kendrick Lamar, only semi confirmed. You know he he shouted out that date in his yeah, songs. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Father John Misty, Joey Badass, Future Islands, and then my boys, the new pornographers. They're oh they're, yes. <laughs> they're, they're they don't have Dan Behar this time, but they took over my heart last year toward the end of the year i fell in love with them yep. uh so i don't expect it to be like a great or anything but you know i'm pumped for that but that's a lineup and then the other name i have written down here that we haven't mentioned uh i guess i'm interested in lord and i'm hyped for mac demarco yeah the lord i'm like i'm i'm I mean, i'm curious yeah 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 i I'll, I'll i'll definitely be giving it a listen but yeah like yeah Pure heroin, like I don't know. Lord's one of those. Lord's one of those like simultaneously under and overrated artists in the pop world right now because she has clear <laughs> talent. And I've never thought about it, but yeah, <laughs> she she has like she has very much clear talent. She's definitely, especially for her age, you know. Um, but I feel like that plays a lot into it, and people just overhype her, and they make her into this like creative god. And she comes out with, I mean, like, Royals. Like, who yeah. cares about Royals? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lord's just walking around all the time like, I am Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's the poptimism movement where, you know, yeah. a lot of these pop artists get overly hyped because it's cool. But, I, you know, I like Lord. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not like. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah. I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of, like, Lady Gaga parallels with like mm, mm. you know what i mean just as far as like okay not not like the eccentrism or anything but just like the fan base basically because it's the same thing of like this person's pretty creative and they make very accessible music so you know they're like they're they're the next they're the next like mover in the music industry that's basically what people make her out as and she's probably influential but like mm -hmm. not like on the scale that i think a lot of people put her as you know what i mean right so so i don't know i'm i'm interested in lord too but i'm not i'm not like crazy about her in general so we'll be uh, we'll be talking about a lot of these albums on our podcast or via the blog but you know i think quarter two has a uh, a good chance of you know being better than quarter one and possibly being like the best quarter of the year so uh, yeah just looking this at quarter the was really good overall though too it so. was it was but also like I've got three nines from this that's right 
I think I only have one, but I have a lot of I have a lot of eights. So, yeah, Yeah. just just the Quelle Chris for me. But you know, Kendrick and Father John Misty are obvious like hype. Um, And then I'm bigger on Joey Badass more so than like a lot of people are. Like I think Joey Badass is one of top five rappers out right now. So you know that's just personal hype. And then of course Fleet Foxes, which could be album of the year. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Judging off of that single, yeah. Yeah, Christ. Third of May. What a song. Um, so yeah, that about does it for our 2017 quarter one report. Uh, I'm glad that the company of Under the Scope could get together today uh, to discuss our quarter one business. Um, Thank you for taking time out of your day. I know we have a tight deadline to meet. And, uh... That's right. Um, Patrick and the rest of the company. Um, I, I would like to thank you very much for joining in on this meeting. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to grab a quick coffee from the break room and then make it out before the commute gets too rough. Because you know how bad the, co- <laughs> the, 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 the damn commute, it gets tough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you got to watch it. Gotta, especially so, got to go to the grocery store. <laughs> the kids, I mean. Yeah. Got to um, pick up my kids after work, too. Oh, man. Can't find a sitter tonight. <laughs> I'm just trying to watch the NCAA games, but nope. Um, So, okay. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this podcast. Glad you suggested it. Um, Quarter two podcast is going to come at the end of June or early July. You know, it just depends. Um, But yeah, Patrick, thank you. Shout out to all these artists. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) And uh, we'll see you in quarter two.